Welcome everyone. Thank you for joining us. This is the final class in the series, The Laws of Kashrut and Jewish-Gentile Relations by Dr. Shana Strauchik. And uh, without delay, I'll turn this to Dr. Strauchik. Thank you so much. And uh, welcome everyone to our uh, final class on the laws of Kashrut and Jewish-Gentile Relations. So over the past uh, five weeks, we have learned about a cooked I mean, a food that's cooked by a non-Jew and the laws related to that, uh, a, a bread that's baked by a non-Jew. And we've uh, seen how you know, while the uh, Mishnah lists these as prohibitions uh, uh, throughout time, the prohibition has either been mitigated in the case of a Bishalakum food cooked by a non-Jew to include a very minimal act of participation on the part of a Jew to a potluck in which we, most of the time, uh, many people don't observe it at all. And indeed, you know, kashras organizations do grant a kashras certification to bread which is baked by a non-Jew. If I didn't mention it last time, um, in uh, Paris, I know, um, a, a kosher Jews eat the baguettes there anywhere, even without a hashgacha on it. And again, that would be because it's Hakum, so uh, it's not something which requires a kashra certification per se. Okay, so now we are going to examine one more food, which is or food a type, which is in that same mishnah that which we be again with, and that's the mishnah in Avodah Zarah, um, where we saw our uh, original prohibition against Abishalakum and Padakum. And we're going to return to that list to actually the first thing on the list, which is uh, milk. Um, says in, the, in this Mishnah, The following things are uh, uh, products which uh, are uh, belong to a non-Jew, and they are pro they are prohibited to eat, but you, there's no prohibition against getting a benefit uh, from them. And the first thing on the list is. Milk which a non-Jew milked without an Israelite watching over him. And of course, on that list, we've already seen the hapat, they're a bread and their oil, and oil was made aloud by Rabbi Huda Hanasi, and we saw hashilakot, food which is cooked by a non-Jew. So we've already explored these uh, two elements on the list, and now we are going to, for our uh, final class, look at the laws of milk. Uh, milk, which a non-Jew milks. And um, hopefully, you know, uh, assuming we'll have time, we'll also look at other milk products such as uh, cheese and whether a Jew can eat a cheese that a, a non-Jew makes and what kind of a cheeses that would apply to and whatnot. Okay, so since the Mishnah lists uh, some things which are prohibited. We uh, saw in the other cases, the Talmudic discussion is often, why is this thing made prohibited? Why did the rabbi say that a Jew uh, cannot have milk that a non-Jew milks? I mean, it's presumably from a kosher animal and what non-kosher product could a, a non-Jew add to the milk? Um, and, you know, we've seen the case of bread and even the case of uh, food, there's a fear it could lead to intermarriage. Would that apply to this as well? 
Um, so the Amara, we'll look at the Abavli, um, lists several reasons why um, this is milk is prohibited, and it gives a few possibilities, and then we ejects them. So let's go to the uh, next uh, source on the page, um, which is, uh, so it's the, the second uh, source on the page, and um, I gave you the English to it as well. So ask the Gemara, halav lemai nichashlei. What is the problem with milk? What are we concerned about that a Jew cannot have the milk that a that a non-Jew milks? If the concern is that maybe the the non-Jew will replace this uh, cow's milk for another non-kosher animal milk, but that can't be because, says the Gemara, there's very a clear a difference between a kosher animal milk and non-kosher animal milk. Kosher milk, says the Gemara, tahor uh, heyor, a pure a kosher animal's milk is white, tame yarok, whereas non-kosher animal milk is uh, green, apparently. Um, so just to have this out here. So the first problem the Gemara suggests is maybe they will exchange the milk of a kosher animal with a non-kosher animal, but this is rejected because a kosher milk is white, non-kosher milk is green. So now the Gemara gives another possible reason for why the milk of a non-Jew would be prohibited. If the concern is the non-Jew will maybe makes in some non-kosher milk. So it's a cow's milk or it's a goat's milk, but maybe they'll mix in some uh, pig's milk. Um, so it says the Gemara, well, that's, if that's your concern, just let the milk uh, curdle. And Rashi explains, let the milk uh, 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 curdle in the, um, oh, there's a word for this, in the rennet of an animal and then you, you, you'll see if it's a kosher milk or not. Why? Why is this a test? The marmar for the master said, halav tahor omeid, halav tameh ein omeid. Only a kosher milk uh, curdles, whereas non-kosher milk does not uh, curdle. So if you're not sure if a if a non-Jew has put in some non-kosher milk, just uh, test the milk. See if it uh, curdles or not. And if it uh, does, obviously it's a kosher milk and you can have it. If it uh, doesn't curdle, it's obviously not a kosher milk and you won't have it. But why should we uh, ban all non-Jewish milk? So says the Gemara, well, well, if you want to use a milk for uh, cheese, then yeah, no a problem. Then you can do this uh, curdling uh, test to see if it's a kosher or not. But what are we uh, dealing with here in the Mishnah? It's where... You want to use this uh, milk for a food called uh, kimcha, which is what's referred to as kuah, uh, which we saw last time. It's where they would mix um, like a bread uh, crust with milk. So you're going to be using the, the milk as milk, and you don't want to turn it into a cheese. 
So uh, that's why you can't do the uh, curdling uh, test because you want to use the milk as milk and not turn it into a uh, cheese. Then the Gemara says, well, nish kamine akali, benikum. Well, why don't you just take a little bit of the milk and see if it will uh, curdle. And if that little bit amount of curdles, then you'll know that the rest of the milk is a kosher milk. So says the Gemara, since there's even a kosher milk that doesn't uh, curdle, there's no way to rely on this. You have no way to uh, test this milk to see if it's a, a kosher milk or not, because there is some kind of a kosher milk that wouldn't uh, curdle. Um, now, Rashi explains why this would be, and we'll return to that next. Um, so, and so either the problem with milk is that it's where the Jew won't be turning it into a cheese, but there is whey in a kosher milk, and which has not a curdle, so there's no way to uh, test to, to see if it's a kosher milk or not. So that's one reason a given as to why we are not allowed to have milk uh, produced by a non-Jew. That's the, the, the first reason the Gemara ultimately gives. So it gave two possible reasons, then we uh, ejected them. And now it gives one other reason as to why we don't have milk of a non-Jew. The olive bed olive means the e abides ema. And if I want, I might say, even if you do want to make this milk into a cheese, there is milk that remains between the crevices of the curdle cheese. And for this, let's look in Rashi. So let me just, I'm gonna stop the share and share the sources in case not everyone has it. So Rashi here explains, so what's the a problem with both of these? You know, either that there's whey in the milk, which won't curdle, or there might be some uh, cracks in the uh, cheese where some uh, milk remains. Rashi explains, Maybe there is some non-kosher animal milk mixed in. And when you uh, curdle the uh, uh, cheese, the, when you uh, curdle this milk into a cheese, only the uh, kosher milk uh, curdles. Whereas the unkosher uh, animal milk will uh, remain with the whey of the kosher milk, the, the uh, W-H-E-Y. It'll remain with the part of the kosher milk that doesn't uh, curdle. Hilchach ein nisayon Therefore, there's no way to test whether the milk that a curdles is actually a kosher milk. But in terms of having it for a cheese, this milk would be okay. We'll get back to this later. So that's why the, according to the first explanation of the Gemara, um, we cannot have milk produced by a non-Jew because even when a kosher milk curdles, there is a, still some aspects of the milk that will not uh, curdle and maybe 
the non-Jew mixed in some non-kosher animal milk, which will not uh, curdle, along with a part of the kosher milk that also doesn't uh, curdle. So there may be some non-kosher milk mixed in. That's the upshot of what Rashi is explaining here. And according to the second answer of the Amara, that when the milk curdles into cheese, there's some uh, cracks in it. Again, Rashi explains, there's some uh, cracks in the cheese. The chayshina, we are concerned. Shema min hachalav tameh shelo omed nishar im hanesuvi bigumot. Maybe some non-kosher milk was mixed in, and that non-kosher milk will uh, stay hidden in the cracks of the uh, cheese, along with the part of the uh, kosher milk that doesn't uh, curdle. So, going back to our my other share. So why can't we have milk produced by a non-Jew? So either, if you would have thought, maybe they're using non-kosher animal milk. No, that is not a concern because we can tell the, a difference between a kosher milk, which is white, and non-kosher animal milk, which is uh, green. Okay, so that reason is rejected. Then the concern is, well, maybe they will uh, put some non-kosher milk in with the kosher milk and won't be able to see because it'll, it'll get mixed together. Again, the Gemara um, originally, Rejects that be a cause, only kosher milk uh, curdles. To which the Gemara says, okay, well, there's an easy solution. Why don't we just uh, curdle the milk to see if it uh, curdles or not? And if it does, it's kosher. If it doesn't, it's not a kosher. So the Gemara says, well, it's where the Jew won't be turning the milk into a cheese. The Jew wants to uh, drink the uh, milk as is or add it to a food where you need the milk in its milk uh, form, not as a uh, cheese. So then the Gemara says, why don't you just take a little bit and uh, test it? So ultimately it says, because there's no, there, there is whey, W-H-E-Y, in a kosher milk, which does not a curdle. So there's no way to uh, test milk to see if there's some non-kosher milk mixed in it or not. Or uh, alternatively, even where the Jew will be turning the milk into uh, cheese, there is some milk that remains between the, the uh, crevices of the uh, curdled cheese, and there's a fear that there may be some non-kosher milk mixed in there that we uh, don't see. So ultimately, why is milk produced by a non-Jew prohibited? The answer of the Amara is there might be milk from a non-kosher animal mixed in. And in a way that you wouldn't be able to uh, see. Okay, so that is, uh, um, so that's, really what comes out of this Amara, uh, and that is mainly the view of the Yeru Shalmi as well. Now, what, uh, what comes out of the Mishnah, though, it does, um, it says that where a Jew watches the animal being milked, then one could have the milk of a non-Jew, as long as a Jew is watching. Um, so that is so that is one way that the Gemara or the Mishnah allows um, milk of a non-Jew. So we already see, even within this prohibition, there's already, I guess, a crack in it, uh, so to speak. If a Jew is watching, then there is no uh, fear that some non-kosher milk will be mixed in, and uh, therefore the milk would be uh, uh, kosher. Now, um, returning back to the uh, sources, the Rambam 
um, talks about this halacha as well, obviously. Now, interestingly, he doesn't mention it in his Abkarish to the Mishnah. In his explanation of the Mishnah, he doesn't explain the reason for the prohibition against non-Jewish milk. But in his Mishnah Torah, his Codex of Halacha, the Jewish law, he explains as follows. So this is, again, in Achalot Asro, Prohibited uh, Foods, chapter Gimel. So reading in the Rambam, it says as follows. Chalav behema teme'a eno nekva ba'omeid kechalav ha-tehora. So um, non-kosher animal milk does not a curdle into milk the way a kosher milk does, as we saw in the Gemara. And if some non-kosher milk is mixed into a kosher milk, and if you curdle the a kosher milk, then some of the non-kosher milk will stay behind, and that will not a curdle. And for this reason, says the Rambam, all milk produced by a non-Jew, meaning that a non-Jew milks, asor is prohibited. Less some non-kosher animal milk was mixed in, and even if it uh, even if it uh, curdles, it will remain behind with the way of the kosher milk, which didn't curdle. And so the halacha is pretty uh, clear. We don't have milk produced by a non-Jew. And this is how the Shuchan uh, Haruch, Rabbi Yosef, codifies the halacha as well. And uh, also his, his laws of machalot of De Kochabim, Siman Kutabad, he writes as uh, follows. Any milk which a non-Jew milks and a Jew is not watching is prohibited. Lest he mixed in some non-kosher animal milk. If a non-Jew is milking in his own home and a Jew is sitting outside. As long as you know that there was absolutely no non-kosher animal in his herd, then it would be oh, okay. This milk would be allowed. Even if the Jew was not watching while the non-Jew milked the cow. Um, but, um, okay. But if he did have a non-kosher animal among his uh, flock, and the Jew is outside while the non-Jew is inside milking, but he is milking this cow for the purpose of the Jew. If the Jew, if the Jew can see while he's sitting, but if, if you could stand up, and see the non-Jew milking the cow, then mutar. Then that would be allowed. Because the non-Jew will be afraid that you're gonna stand up and look. And by the way, it has to be where the non-Jew knows that a Jew is not allowed to have milk from a non-kosher animal. So the is very uh, clear. 
A Jew has to either be watching the non-Jew milk the, the cow, or the Jew has to be there and know there's absolutely no not a kosher animal, or even if there is a non a kosher animal, the Jew has to be in a place where they could see the non-Jew milk the cow. And the Ramah here adds, Raman Hagan Ramosha Israel's notes to the Shochanarchi as before the fat, the Jew must be there and the Jew must see the uh, vessel that the non-Jew is going to milk the cow into, you know, where the milk will go. You want to make sure that it's a good, a clean uh, vessel, that there's nothing on a kosher put in a, a vessel. Um, and we have a custom to be uh, strict to not use a vessel that a non-Jew normally uses to milk into. Lest there's some uh, drops from, you know, non-kosher uh, stuff in the uh, bucket. But if you uh, did it after the fact, it, it's okay. So the halacha is pretty uh, clear on this. A Jew is not allowed to have the milk of a non-Jew. The Jew either has to see the non-Jew milking it, or at least be nearby. Know that there's absolutely no kosher, non-kosher animal in the uh, flock or be in a place where they could see the heretically what the non-Jew was doing. And the non-Jew has to know that a Jew is not allowed to have non-kosher animal milk. Great, very, very clear what the halacha is. It's a, a black and white. And yet, I'm assuming many people here know that in the US, we do have milk of a non-Jew. Many or many Orthodox, or many uh, kosher uh, Jews, I should say, do have milk uh, milked by a non-Jew and are not uh, uh, careful to only have milk produced by a Jew or milk watched or milked by a Jew. Um, so why is that? Um, so there are two very important uh, modern day relatively modern. One is modern, one is modern uh, times, but halachic works about why we can have non-Jewish uh, milk. So one is by the pre-Adash, and he's writing in uh, Amsterdam, I think 19th century, but modern, you know, meaning not medieval, we're in modern time, Amsterdam. And um, he writes, why they are allowed to have what's called Hadam Halab, non-Jewish produced milk. So the pre-Hadash writes, and this, at the end of, of, of this long piece that he writes, he concludes, So the a general rule which, which comes out of what he has said, if you are in a place where there is no non-kosher animal milk, it's just not there. Oh, shuhu yoter biyoker mechalat tahor, or the non-kosher animal milk costs more. 
Mutar liknot mehaakum chalab shechalvo below Riyat Yisrael kala. You are allowed to buy milk milked by a non-Jew, even though a Jew was not watching at all. So again, as long as it's a place where there's just no non-kosher milk at all, it's not available. So there's no uh, a chance that they're going to be having non-kosher milk because they they don't have it. So they wouldn't they wouldn't you know possibly mix it in because it's it's just not there or non-kosher milk costs more so they're not going to add it into regular milk and then lose money in all those cases you, you don't have to buy a jewish milk and that's what the a practice is that's what the a custom here is in amsterdam that's what I do. He writes in there are a few Jews who are very uh, careful to only have milk, either milked by a Jew or watched by a Jew. But you don't need to, he says. And even he would buy this non uh, Jewish milk. But if there is a place where they do have non-kosher animal milk, even if the non-Jew whom you are buying from does not own a non-kosher animal in his flock, you still have to check the vessel he's going to milk into to make sure there was no not a kosher animal milk placed in there be, before. The gum, sarechler, old, kol hachaliba, mitchilab, atzok, and you have to watch, you know, the whole milking uh, process being done. Or you can like come and go. Or in a place where you could see if the non-Jew were to leave to get some other animal milk to mix in. So if you're in uh, a place where there are non-kosher animal milk, or there is not kosher animal milk available, then you uh, cannot rely on his leniency and you would, would have to see the milking being done as the Shulchan Arach said. But if it's a place where there is no non-kosher animal milk available or non-kosher animal milk costs more, then you can buy non-Jewish milk. So that's the first very important leniency that we see with regard to Halav um, Yisrael and why Jews would have not only had uh, a Jewish milk, would have bought the milk of a non-Jew. And then, of course, there's the very uh, famous Teshuvah by Rav Moshe Feinstein, on which uh, a kosher a Jews, observant Jews, rely upon who uh, uh, do not eat only a, a Jewish milk, Halav uh, Yisrael. And I only gave you the highlights of it. Um, it's not very long. It's a little longer, but um, here are the highlights of it. And he writes, companies, regarding the uh, milk of uh, companies in our uh, state, in our uh, country, there's a government oversight. Yeah, and yeah, and shoo, if they 
were to add any other kind of, of milk to the, a cow's milk, they would be uh, punished. They would receive a penalty. They would even uh, close them down. The uh, dairy industry is very regulated, says Rev. Moshe, and therefore no a company can mix in anything else other than the uh, cow's milk that's being uh, sold. Shalachain, therefore, vaday mitarti arev. They are definitely going to be uh, afraid to add any other milk into the uh, cow's milk. Yesh ta'am gadol lehatir. There is a very big reason to allow this. Af below shitat hapri hadash. Even without the reasoning of the pri hadash that we saw before, meaning either it's in a place where there's only a kosher milk available, or the non-kosher milk is more expensive, says Rev. Says Rev. Moshe. In the U.S., you don't need those. Mishum dehaikar birurahi. The fact how well we can know that no other milk will be mixed in is a clear uh, proof. Keraya mamash. It's as if it's a literal proof. It's like a testimony with regard to monetary matters. In the moat. Um, now he goes to another concept called, um, he writes here, Anan Sahaje. We test Hefai, meaning when there's um, a thing which is so well known, it's so like obvious that everyone would know this, then it's as if we are witnesses uh, to the uh, matter. So this is uh, an idea which Atosphos invokes. In regard to a principle called Zachin Adam Anav, you are allowed to do good to a person without their knowledge because, as Atosvot, Anan Sahade, we are all witnesses to the fact that they would want it. So you can be a quick a person a present even without their knowledge, and they hone it because Anan Sahade, we are all witnesses that they would want it. And this is invoked with regard to why a child is allowed to convert, even though a child is not doesn't have the legal mind to be to be to be able to make transactions. But anansahade, like we testify to that fact that a person wants that which is good uh, for them. So anansahade, the fact that even if you don't see an actual uh, thing happen. When you know it, know it so well, that can work as an actual proof. That can work as an actual testimony. Adrit, a testimony, which is legally effective. So uh, therefore, in the US, where we know legally, a milk company is not allowed to add anything else other than the milk which they say is being sold. We know that's very heavily regulated. They would have the severe uh, penalties, uh, fines, and uh, punishments. That knowledge that they absolutely will not 
and any non-kosher milk works as a test ammonia that we have actually uh, seen. So you don't actually have to uh, see it and be witness uh, to it happening to be able to use it as a test ammonia. The fact that we know that no other milk uh, can be added is adequate. That, uh, that, that knowledge is adequate for test ammonia, and that works as actual uh, a testimony. It's as if we've actually seen then milk the cows, and we can rely on that. And he, and then the parts I I, I, I took out are all the different types of of uh, cases where we rely on this anansahade. We can uh, testify to the, the fact of when we really know or really. Uh, short of uh, something, even if we don't actually uh, see it happening. So the same thing with regard to the dairy in uh, history in the U.S. And therefore, Rav Moshe concludes, So in the case of milk, which normally would be prohibited where a Jew uh, didn't watch it being milked, yesh lahatir, we can allow this milk even where you just know that no, that no other non-kosher animal milk will be added. And we know that because the dairy industry is regulated by the government. And the fact that we know that, that's as if we watched it being milked and we watched that no other animal milk was mixed in. Anan Sahadeh, we can be witnesses from the a fact that we know nothing else will be mixed in. And that, that knowledge works as if we saw the cows being milked. Um, and again, if they did milk, if, if they did add anything else, they would be, uh, Punish, we they'd have to close the uh, uh, company. They'd lose so much money. So the a country, the a government watches over them. That is definitely knowing. That is a clear knowledge that we can rely on. Shahi Kiriya. And that's as if we saw it happen. Therefore, the milk, milk produced in the U.S. would not fall under the prohibition of milk that was milked by a non-Jew. Um, this is according to everybody. And you don't have to argue with this. You don't have to make this additions. Everyone could rely on this. And one who wants to rely on this and drink the milk, which is you know no Jew involved at all, they can rely on this and there's no a problem at all. Just like many people who observe uh, Torah rely on this. And there are also many rabbis who rely on this as well. And God forbid to say that they're not 
uh, keeping the halacha. It is completely okay, okay to have milk even where no Jew is involved in the U.S. Aval, but he does say Someone who's very uh, uh, careful should be machmir, should be a strict. There's no a problem of being arrogant with this if you do want to be uh, strict and only have milk produced by Aju. I, says Rev Moshe, am machmir. I am a strict for my uh, self and I only have milk produced by Aju. But someone who wants to be lenient is within the halacha. It's within the law. We don't have to consider this a person one who make you know is lax with the pro prohibited things. So um, this is very important to shkuba, and of course. That's, this is a, a teshuva that people still rely on. Of course, there are also those who will say, well, see, he really didn't uh, think one should be lenient. He only meant at that time, and it was hard to get non-kosher produced milk. So, I mean, he does say it's good to be a strict. He was a strict in his help. And there are people uh, today, obviously, who will not, who only have halab uh, Yisrael, milk by uh, a Jew, but... He, he doesn't seem to limit this leniency to a time when it is hard to buy a kosher of products, a kosher dairy of products. And this is a leniency, which is still relied on by, you know, first, I think the vast majority of uh, kosher Jews. So in terms of why can we have milk of a non-Jew? So a few reasons we've seen, either in the mission, the Shulchan Aruch, we've seen where a Jew watches the animal being milked, or in the pre-Hadash, we saw in a place where there are no non-kosher animals, or I forgot to add, a non-kosher animal's milk uh, costs more money, so no one's going to add that to uh, kosher milk and then lie about it and then take a monetary loss. And finally, we saw Reb Moshe's very important teshuva, which is in the U.S., where the dairy industry is heavily regulated, and we know there are no other animal milk being added. It's completely uh, fine to have milk produced by a non-Jew. And that is what you know, many, many people rely on uh, today as well. Um, and so that is really the a basis for a lot of American uh, Jews uh, practice in uh, not only having a halab Yisrael, despite the very kind of a black and white uh, Isor that we uh, saw written down in the Mishnah, the Gemara, Rambam through the Rishonim and the Shulchan Arach, unlike Pat Akman, Abishal Akum, which we saw early on leniencies introduced here, this was one that was added uh, fairly later on when dairy industries have become more regulated and centralized. Okay, so that is the first part, and then we'll have time to talk about uh, cheese as well. Um, if there are any uh, questions, uh, are uh, invited to ask. And if not, we'll move on to a branch of this or another aspect of this, which is uh, cheese. Now we already saw in the Amara that a kosher milk, only a kosher milk uh, curdles, whereas non-kosher milk uh, does not. So that should already say 
the very fact that you're eating a cheese would mean that it's a kosher animal's milk. So what would be the problem? Now we did see there could be some non-kosher milk mixed in with the part of the kosher milk that does not have curdle, or there may be some non-kosher milk that's hidden in the cracks of the curdled cheese. So we see there's a little room already to prohibit uh, cheese, but it's also its own prohibition listed, um, described earlier on in the same uh, chapter of this uh, attractive of Odazara. Um, and it brings an anecdote in the Mishnah right before our, the Mishnah we have looked at. So in a uh, parrot bet, again, a, ch a, ch a chapter two Mishnah five, the following is brought. Amar Rebbe Yehuda, Amar Shemuel. Amar Rebbe Yehuda. Rebbe Yehuda said, Sha'al Rebbe Yishmael, it's Rebbe Yehoshua, Kishayu Machin Ba'aderech. Rebbe Yishmael asked Rebbe Yehoshua a question as they were walking along the road. And Amarlo, he said to him, Mepnema Asru Gibinot Shel Goyim. Why, what is the cause for the prohibition against the cheese of non-Jews? Amarlo, so Rebbe Yehoshua said back to him, because they curdle their milk, meaning non-Jews curdle their milk inside the stomach of an avela, meaning a kosher animal, which was not a properly uh, slaughtered, to make it kosher. So it's the concern that even if they're using kosher milk, they may uh, curdle it with um, the rennet of an animal that wasn't properly slaughtered and therefore the animal is not a kosher to eat. Okay, now, despite the fact that this Mishnah provides a reason for the prohibition, in the Bavli's discussion on it, a few more reasons are brought for why non-kosher, I mean, not, not a Jewish cheese, non-Jewish made cheese would be prohibited. So here's the English and you can follow along in the Hebrew. Um, so says the Gemara there, Mar Ula. Master Ula said, and if you want, you could say Shmuel Bar Abba said, um, Okay, so they asked, sorry, I'll skip it a little bit. My Gezerata, what is the reason for the prohibition of eating uh, cheese? And we're on uh, the top of page uh, three right now in the sources. So my Gezerata, what is the reason for the decree prohibiting cheese of non-Jews? Amar Rev Shimon ben Apazi, Amar Rev Yeshua ben Levi. So Rev Shimon ben Apazi said in the name of Rev Yeshua ben Levi, he said, Mishum Nikor. The concern is due to puncturing. Uh, puncturing means they would leave their milk exposed and there was a fear that a snake might have deposited some of its uh, venom into it. So apparently, you know, Rosh explains, non-Jews weren't uh, careful about uh, covering their liquids the way uh, Jews were. And this is also why in the Amara, you're not allowed to have water that was left out open overnight either. 
Now, I told you I was going to explain, just like we don't hold like that anymore, this also shouldn't apply anymore. But anyway, so says Rabbi Shua ben Levi, the fear is that the non-Jew might have let the milk exposed, and then a snake will come and deposit its venom into it. And you don't want to have that. That would kill you. So that's the, the first answer I've given, because they might expose the milk. They might leave it uncovered overnight. Rabbi Hanina, the next answer I've given, because it's impossible if a non-Jew is making this milk into a cheese, then there's got to be some non-kosher droplets left in it because it's, they're making it in their own vessels and they have non-kosher milk also. So we're concerned that some of their non-kosher milk will be left in the vessel in which they're making the cheese. That's the answer number two. Answer number three Shmuel says, That's the answer we saw brought down in the Mishnah, that they curdle their cheese in the skin of the stomach of non-kosher, non-slaughtered animals. They use the rennet of animals that weren't properly slaughtered. That's the third answer given. Answer number four, Rev Machia Mishmid Rev Ada Bar Ahava Amar. So Rev Machia says the name of Rev Ada Bar Ahava. Mepnei Machlikim Paneha Bishuman Hazir. This is a really a severe answer because they smear uh, the surface of their cheese with the pig fat. So that makes it totally not a kosher. Rev Chista Amar. They curl it with uh, vinegar. Um, and Rev 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 The last answer given by Rev Nachman Bar Yitzchak is that they curl it with the sap of a plant which is Arla, meaning which they which they haven't waited for the fourth year to get a benefit uh, from it. So most of these answers, numbers two through six, is the fear that there's uh, something not allowed for a Jew mixed in with it in a, some way. But the first answer brought by Rabbi Shua ben Levi is this fear, which is a fear um, expressed during the Talmudic times, is that the milk might have been exposed, left out overnight, and then a snake would come um, and can contaminate it. Now, the reason it's important to know which reason is the reason for non, you know, not allowing uh, cheese is because depending on what the re reasons are, that will determine whether this would apply uh, today or not. So for example, in the next source you have, Atos Vote looks at the different reasons and sees, well, this should be okay nowadays. So the first Atos Vote you have, first he says, the very fact that it curdles should show that this is obviously the milk of a, a kosher animal. So uh, that's what uh, Atos Vote writes in the first uh, one I brought for you here. He says, uh, you know, if you're buying it for, for cheese, obviously this milk can occur and obviously it's the milk of a kosher animal. But the next uh, toast was one I want to look at more. And he says, so which of these reasons is the reason for not allowing uh, a cheese? So uh, a toast says, 
It's the first one, Ni Akor. Omer Rabbeinu Tam. So Rabbeinu Tam, Rabbeinu Yaakov ben Meir said, Ki achshav lo matzinu tam pashur li'isor begibinato ve'et kochavim. There's no real reason to prohibit the, a cheese made by a non-Jew. Why? Because the reason why cheese was prohibited in the first place was this a fear of, a, of it being a punctured by a, a snake. And that's the reason because like, because we always hold like Rebbe Yeshua ben Levi. And we, and then he says, the Lekka, and nowadays that's not a, a fear anymore. We don't worry about food being exposed um, and this uh, a fear that a snake is going to come because he explains this. I'm in the second line, the second toast post. There are no uh, snakes around. So we don't have to worry about this. It's not relevant uh, to us. Now, maybe you'll say, well, just because the reason no longer applies, the halacha should still apply. That's what we always say. Just because, you know, just because they don't sell rice with grains anymore. I, I, I don't now eat rice on Pesach. You know, a kidney oat still applies even if the reason no longer applies. So just because uh, snakes no longer are, are around, uh, shouldn't the prohibition still apply? Uh, Tosto says, no, that is wrong. Because he says, lo, this whole halacha, this whole prohibition was only made in a place where uh, snakes are uh, found. And so even back then, if there were no uh, snakes around, there would, there would be no prohibition. Um, so, A, we don't have uh, snakes around, so this isn't relevant. And even back then, when the original pro prohibition was made, it was only made in a place where there is a fear that a snake will come and uh, a puncture their, uh, no, their exposed uh, uh, food. So this is not a case where just because the reason no longer applies, the halacha should uh, still apply. Because even when this original prohibition was made, it was only made in, in a place where this was a fear, this was a concern. And this is like what we saw Rabbi Nutan say by bread as well. It was only, you know, that this whole prohibition was only in places where people, uh, you know, prohibited the bread made by a non-Jew. So that's the first thing he says. If the reason is Nikor, that we, there's a fear of uh, snakes, well, that uh, doesn't apply where there's no uh, uh, snakes, and we don't have those nowadays. Now, maybe you'll say, well, there's another reason. They would curdle with the remnant of a non a properly uh, slaughtered animal. So Atosvo said that's also not a problem, because he says that. Uh, so the rabbis of Ner Avona allowed non-Jewish a cheese where it was a curdled with a plant origin rennet. So we already see that there are rabbis 
who allow milk of, I mean, uh, uh, cheese made by non-Jews, as long as you know, animal rennet wasn't used. So we have, so either the reason is uh, snakes, that doesn't apply, that's not a problem. And if the reason is it might be, they might use the rennet of a non-slaughtered uh, uh, animal. Well, if you know that, that's, that that's not the case, if it's a vegan rennet, then that would be a fine. And we see rabbis have allowed that in the past. And uh, Atosfos concludes, you know, but where they live, they uh, did use animal rennet, so he did. So they didn't allow uh, cheese of non-Jews. But if, as long as these two factors are met, Rabbi Tom would allow the cheese of a non-Jew. However, in this regard, Rabbi Tom, the Atosifus uh, uh, are minorities because everyone else, all of the uh, other medieval Rishonim. Did not allow cheese made by a non-Jew. So the Rashba um, responds. Rishlomo ben Aderet responds to Rabbi Nathan and basically uh, uh, says, even if none of these are a concern, even if there's no uh, snakes around, even if you know they're using a vegan rennet, there's no animal, there's no a uh, pig being uh, uh, smeared on it non-kosher, non-Jewish-made cheese is not a kosher because he explains, unlike Atosos who says, this original prohibition only applied in places where snake puncturing is a concern, Rashba disagrees. And he writes, kol asar baminyan, as long whatever was established by a beitin of rabbis, afilu batel hata'an, even if the reason no longer applies, lo batel davar. The prohibition has not been annulled. So even though none of these original reasons for the prohibition may still be relevant, says the Rashba, this prohibition still applies. And that is the view of the Rambam as well. Although he goes a little bit a different uh, direction. He says that the Geonim in the, in the next uh, source, he says really maybe she's made by an Anandru. If you know they're not using animal rennet should be okay. However, he writes, he says um, in Yud uh, Adalid, 14, you have the English as well. The Gehonim ruled that it is still prohibited. Because all cheese made by non Jews was made prohibited. Irrespective of what they used to a curdle it with, whether it's animal-based rennet, whether it's a vegan rennet, um, it was a, it was a, a prohibition was made. Why do we always pro prohibit non-Jewish made cheese? Because there is a fear if we allowed you to use a plant-based rennet you might come to use an animal-based rennet. So that is the view of really uh, the vast majority of the Shonim and the Shochan Arach holds as well. And he uh, quotifies the Allah, and I'll just read you know, my uh, summaries here because we're pressed for time. A cheese of a non-Jew is always prohibited, even if, the, even if none of these concerns 
apply. So either, like the Rashba said, because once a prohibition is made, even if the reason no longer applies, the prohibition will still apply. Or as the Rambam said, well, if we allow to use a vegan rennet, you might come to mistakenly think you can also have a cheese where it's an animal-based rennet used to curdle that cheese. So that is how the halakha is codified. Um, now, again, the Ramah adds that if a non-Jew watches the cheese being made, that would be fine, and that would allow the cheese to be consumed by a Jew. The Shah, however, says, no, it's not enough for a Jew to watch. A Jew has to actively be a, a part of the cheese-making uh, process. Now, in the three minutes I have left, I now just want to explore one other a question on this. So, this was all about a cheese which is made through rennet. That's a curdle through a rennet. Not that I know anything about making a cheese, but I looked online and saw that there are, in fact, uh, two ways to make a cheese. One is to put a rennet into uh, a curdle, and again, that could be an animal-based one or a vegan one, but that prohibition would always apply. But there's another way to make cheese, where you add an acid and then it lowers the a pH level. Um, those of you under understand what I'm uh, talking about, not great. Um, those of you who don't, so something like a cottage uh, cheese uh, does not involve any animal uh, product at all. It, it would involve adding acid. Um, so there'd be no fear of you know, an animal being used and a non-kosher animal being used in the uh, process of making uh, a cheese. So the uh, question is, what if the cheese uses acid and not rennet? Is it still prohibited? So there are two uh, views on it. The view of the Arach Shulchan, and again, we'll see the view of Rev Moshe. My PowerPoint by this last class has gotten very sophisticated. I learned how to use this uh, graph. So, which you have says as a, a, a follows. Since why is cheese made by a non-Jew prohibited? Because animal rennet is used and the animal might be non-kosher. And what's the reason? And then since even where vegan rennet is used is not, uh, even where a, a, a vegan rennet is used, it's still not uh, a kosher, even though there's a clearly no uh, fear that anything not a kosher was mixed in. So if we prohibit a vegan rennet, then we should also prohibit when acid is used. That same logic, which uh, says a vegan rennet still makes cheese not a kosher, would also say that even if no rennet is used at all, it's just an acid, which is added to the milk, that should also be not a kosher. And that's the view of the Arach HaJulchan. So for him, even something like a cottage a cheese would be not a kosher if it was made by a non-Jew. And that's what he writes. Even our cheese, which has no curdling at all, the prohibition is still in its up place. Reb Amosha disagrees and says, well, Cheese is prohibited because animal rennet is used. Now, why is a vegan rennet cheese pro, prohibited for the, for the Ramba? Because there's a fear that if we allow to use a plant-based rennet, then you might come to use an animal-based rennet. But, says Rev, says Rev Moshe, if no rennet is used, then there's no reason to make the decree 
because no one will come to use animal remnant where, where acid is used. That is two uh, steps removed from the original prohibition. So we'll only prohibit one uh, step from the prohibition. If we allow to use a, a plant rennet, you might come to use animal rennet, fine. But acid is so far removed that no one would come to miss a dakinly used animal rennet. And therefore, Rev. Moshe says, There's no concern about curdling because it's a whole other type of uh, cheese. So he was leaning again about a cottage cheese as well, though he did end off by saying that he, he uh, didn't want to make like a general uh, policy to be lenient about this and say you can have non-Jewish made uh, cottage cheese. But he uh, did say that me'ikar hadin, by the letter of the law, it is uh, technically okay. And that is why there are people who make this uh, addiction between a cottage cheese on the one hand and other types of cheese on the other. So to take this last uh, few, this last minute to review what we've done. We have seen, according to the Mishnah, it is prohibited to have the milk milked by a non-Jew. And this was the halacha for most of uh, time. More recently, various leniencies were introduced and uh, culminating with Rev Moshe, who said in the U.S. where the dairy industry is heavily regulated, we know there's no other animal being added, it is completely fine to have non-Jewish milked milk. And a cheese, however, although there was a view of Rabbi Nutan who wanted to allow a cheese made by a non-Jew based on the fact that the reasons for the original prohibition no longer applied, no one else agrees with that. And either we go with the Rashba who says, well, just because the reason no longer applies the prohibition still uh, applies, or the Rambam's reason is, well, if we allow to, you to use uh, a vegan rennet, you might come to use an animal rennet, which might be not uh, kosher. Um, whatever the reason is, um, non-Jewish made uh, cheese is still a prohibition according to the halacha as uh, codified by the Shulchan uh, Arach um, and most uh, post-game as well. Um, now, whether this applies to a uh, cottage cheese, that is a dispute amongst the modern day uh, post, again, with the Arach Shochan stating that it's no uh, different than a vegan based rennet, which we also prohibit, even though it's a technically uh, kosher, versus Rev Moshe says, well, that is so far re removed from the original prohibition, there is nothing uh, 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 technically wrong with a cottage cheese made by a non Jew, but he didn't want to kind of make that a policy um, rule and still urge people to abide. Jewish made a cottage cheese. And there's so much written about this. So I urge everybody to continue learning about the controversy of uh, cheese, why there are people who eat out and where they would all uh, come from. So uh, thank you so much. I apologize for going a few minutes over time, but I just wanted to get this all in. And it's been a pleasure to learn with you all. And anyone who has a question is welcome to write. Um, and uh, thank you so much for this opportunity to learn together and have a wonderful day on the East Coast, night in Israel, and uh, everything in between. Thank you.